OTBGAA. Hurling games, all we can do is do our absolute best, and but we have to dust ourselves down and we have to go again. Just be the best that you can be after that. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Delighted to welcome Jilly Flaherty, former WSL star to the show as per usual. Jilly, good morning, how are things? Good, thank you. How are you? All good, all good. Thanks for hopping on as uh, as usual. We uh, we might start with the Arsenal match. We were just touching on it there before the uh, ad break. Uh, dominant performance, 4-0 win at Brighton. Uh, takes them back up to third in the, in the WSL standings. An impressive performance overall. Uh, Kathleen here was mentioned at Victoria Palova um, and her performance particularly dropping into midfield when, when Leo Valti was uh, ruled out through illness in the warm-up. Um, a really impressive performance overall from Arsenal and Palova especially. Yeah, I mean, obviously Arsenal dominated from um, minute one. Blackstinia should have had a hat-trick probably within the first 20 minutes. Um, she was ruled offside when, when you're looking back at the replay, she wasn't offside. Um, and then she had a, another chance with a header to to get... She should have really had four goals in the first half. I mean, Arsenal were... Uh, they were just on it. They were hungry for minute one. Um, obviously, with Vorti coming out in the in the warm-up, Jodie Taylor come in, we were sort of a bit like, what's he going to do? Is he going to drop uh, Cool or Pelova deeper with Marnham, which he done. Obviously, Pelova sat in with Marnham, and I mean, I think she was brilliant there because she was able to get the ball from the defence and and get the ball quickly up the pitch for Arsenal. But she's been such a, such a star for him this year, being able to to step in. Obviously, there's been a lot of injuries at Arsenal when there's younger players that have come in or players that potentially might not have played a lot of minutes who have now stepped up and. Are playing really well, um, but for me, Arsenal were just the hungrier team from from minute one last night. Uh, welcome return for Caitlin Ford from injury as well, which the Jonas Seidel will be pretty happy with that for those last three games of the season. It's a it's a big boost. Yeah, and I mean, it, it seemed like he didn't really want to make that substitution because obviously, Geo come off. She was a sub that come on. She went in for a tackle and she come off with her holding her hamstring. So I hope that's nothing too serious. But obviously, then Caitlin Ford come on. There's obviously you've got the game midweek next week, um, which will be a great chance for Caitlin Ford to get more minutes going into the Chelsea game um, on the weekend. So, yeah, she's huge for him. And I think she has been a big loss because she she likes to travel with the ball. She she brings pace. She brings that experience. But again, you're looking at that. The way they played last night, the players that come in, they've done a fantastic job. Do you think it's fair to say, Julie, that Arsenal probably outperformed themselves and beyond what most expectation would be of them considering the lineups that they've had to put out due to injuries over the last couple of weeks even look at say City's performance at the weekend and they've had a relatively settled like bench and team for the last couple of weeks and you wouldn't have expected that sort of performance whereas Arsenal seemed to I know they didn't get the win in the Champions League but they fairly put up a fight when you consider the sort of players that were at their disposal. Yeah, and I've, I've always thought that Arsenal's weakness would have been their bench, really, because you look at it, the likes of Chelsea, that you take, them, for example, their game against Everton, Sam Kerr gets injured and they're able to call Peniel Harder off the bench in the first 30 minutes. Like, she's an incredible player. You've got Erin Cuthbert on the bench, you know, in that game that you're able to bring on. Those players are players that normally are starting. So Chelsea do have that. Well, I think Arsenal would have that if they hadn't had so many injuries as what they've had. Um so I would I'd say with Arsenal what you're seeing really is the the strength of the team you know the togetherness that's what's pulling them through and and players are stepping up. You talked about Jennifer Beatty for example who 
has been really mainly a squad player all season. Um, then due to obviously the injury to Leah has come in and comes in for a Champions League semi-final and plays extremely well. Um, and you've seen that last night, obviously the last couple of games she's cramped up, but those players now, are those are the players that are starting and they've, they're taking it by the horn. They're, they've been fantastic and they've really showed their leadership qualities too and stepped up when the teams needed it. But I feel like with Arsenal, they're just this never-say-die attitude. Like they just know how to win and I thought last night's game might be a bit more difficult for them, how Brighton have been playing in the recent weeks, but they just showed their class last night. And I guess it gives an opportunity to, to some younger players, as Kathleen mentions. Uh, Jilly, like, even last night, you see Frey Godfrey, uh, a debut for her and a first WSL appearance of the season for Taya Goldie, both 18 years of age. Um, so I guess all the injuries have been terrible for Arsenal this season, but then the flip side of it is all of a sudden you get appearances and minutes into the legs in the WSL for young players that otherwise wouldn't have got them. Yeah, and that's, that's what I say as well. When I, obviously, with me, I got chucked into playing senior football quite young, but I was only I was only really given my chance at Arsenal because every, I was I was 18 at the time. But every other or 17, every other centre back in front of me was injured. There was no one else possible that could play centre back. So Vic Hakers, my manager at the time, had no choice but to play me. I was the only one fit and available. And I mean, I was lucky enough that I was able then to secure my place and and stayed in the team really. But it is. I mean, it, injuries are a there's a positive and a negative spin to injuries. Obviously, negative is you're losing the top players like Viv, you're leaving, losing Mead, uh, Kim, Leah for, for such a long time. But the positive is, is without those injuries, could you have potentially been seeing Marnham play the way she's played this year? Would you have seen Palova come in and play as many minutes as what she had? And especially the youngsters getting a chance off the bench because if those players were fit, those, those youngsters might not even be making the bench in the first place. And the best way to get experience is by be given the opportunity to play. And when obviously you're four 0 up at half time, you can then afford to make those changes and give players the opportunity. The 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 difference, Julie, in since you came in as a kid compared to the kids coming in now, what's the difference coaching wise in terms of like the ages that they started and like the the technical coaching, I suppose, that they've had compared to your time. Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, the the youngsters now are going into a full time environment. Um, the obviously going whether it be the obviously the academies that have been set up, um, or they're going straight into getting a, a pro contract with the first team. They're they're in a full time environment, so they're getting that exposure. Whereas with me, when I went to Arsenal when I was fifteen, I was only training two nights a week and playing on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's mad to think then that we were still we won the Champions League then, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, being a semi pro team. So. Yeah, I mean, the, the exposure that's there for them is a lot higher. They get to work a lot more with coaches. And I mean, I know my time at Liverpool and my time at West Ham, especially is that, especially with the youngsters, there was real dedicated time. If a youngster said, I want to work on this, or I want to work on that, coaches had things set up for them. And there was a lot more now of reviewing games and watching back training sessions and, and working on IDP, so like your individual training plans. Um, or development programs, things like that, which we didn't have back then. So it's it's frightening now, I think, for how to see how far the game's going to go with players being able to get that opportunity. But yeah, they've got they've got it all at their feet. Have you got any regrets in that regard? Well, I wish I was born now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm 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 thankful because I've been part of an era that had to work. Um, and then I was blessed with the opportunity to be a professional footballer. So I feel like I've got that 
humble side of me that went from that and, and become the pro. And I'll always be grateful for that. And I had to work for everything. So, uh, I mean, I, I love the fact that I got to do both. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's exciting to see where the game will be in the next five, ten years. The other game last night, Gilly, was the, the Chelsea-Leicester match again, a, a bit of a pounding 6-0 uh, victory for, for Chelsea. Emma Hayes spoke afterwards, used, used the word clinical a couple of times and said the team maybe haven't been as clinical as she would have liked uh, at different points of this season. Uh, they were certainly clinical last night, three up after 32 minutes. Uh, so that moves them a point behind Manchester United at the top with a game in hand, Chelsea. So uh, there's to lose the title at this, at, at, at this juncture. Yeah, and I mean, the... the Main thing as well from the last two games with Everton and Leicester is before them two games, Man United had such a big goal difference on Chelsea. And because of those results, now the goal, their goal difference is the same. So it's like now they've completely shut that. So whereas before you could see if it went down to the wire, United would have dominated Chelsea on goal difference and they could have won the league on that. Chelsea have bridged that gap, which was obviously really difficult to do. And in my opinion, I thought, again, Leicester was going to make Chelsea a lot more difficult than what they did. But when Chelsea are in the form that they're in and they've got that hunger, they've got that ruthlessness, you don't really want to be the team that's standing in their way. Um, I, I didn't get to really see much of the game last night because obviously I was covering the Arsenal game. Mm. But I watched the game, or covered the game on Sunday against Everton. And they had like, what were the five shots on target they had in the first half they had five goals like that's so rare to see in any game of football um and it's it they they were they were incredible they were just ruthless and hungry hungry and it's a i think it has cost them previous on in the season um not having that but again you look at it like it's a Peniel harder coming back she brings so much to the team and she's been out the team since november so she's been a big loss for them um, but it just clicked at the right time for Chelsea and for me I, I can't see anyone else winning it but them I was going to ask you about Pernilla Harder because obviously she's scored three goals in her last two games after coming back her first goals in 193 days and then there was reports yesterday it was yesterday or the day before just before they started playing that uh, she and Magda Eriksson might be off to Bayern Munich if they don't agree a contract with Chelsea this summer. How much of a loss would that be for Chelsea, considering that she's come back in and immediately started scoring? I was quite surprised when I saw Bayern Munich. I thought if they were going to go somewhere, it'd be somewhere different. But I know she has had a lot of good experiences in the Frauen Bundesliga before. Yeah, I mean, she'll, she will be a huge loss um, because she offers so much. She, you can see her, I think, she come on in the in the Champions League games and, I mean, she hadn't, you could tell she hadn't played. Um, she didn't really get the ball, to be fair, coming up against Barcelona. She was just sort of chasing. And then, obviously, then when you look at the, um, the game against Everton, obviously, when she come on, her first touch was a goal and it was a, such a classy finish too. Um, but she brings so much and... Obviously, yeah, it's linked to Bayern Munich. She's been linked to Leon, Real Madrid, the pair of them. So uh, I think they'll go. Um, I don't think they'll stay. But, I mean, both of them, I think Magda Eriksson as well, I think she's been a fantastic captain for Chelsea. Um, she's found it difficult as well because she was out the team. And, again, she's come in and her and Marimielda have been fantastic at the back with the two injuries to Buchanan and Millie Bright. Um so, yeah, I think not just on, on the pitch, off the pitch, I think they bring a lot to the club. Um, so they will be a huge loss if they do decide to go. But this is Chelsea. If they know that they're going to go, they're going to bring in two recruitments as well to, to replace them. It's just the way football goes. But, yeah, they'll be a huge loss to Chelsea. 
Looking down the table a little bit, like the relegation battle has almost been as interesting as the title race, but just one that's kind of in the middle a little bit. West Ham haven't had a win in nine games now, and there's been a bit of talk, you know, when Rianne Skinner went through a similar sort of loss in form, she left at Spurs. There's been other managers this year who've had the same runs, they've all gone. Do you think Paul Konczewski's time is kind of running out, or will he be given the summer to rebuild and come back again in September? I'm not sure, and I'm, I'm glad really that you've mentioned it because I feel like West Ham have sort of gone under the radar because of other teams that are doing bad in and around them. Um, I think if they they didn't have the points on board already before, obviously since December, really since January, they've just had a really bad run and they've not really picked up many points, if any. Um, then if they hadn't put all them points on the board, then for me, they'd be in the relegation fight and I would struggle to see them come out of it. Um, and it's, it's difficult to watch because the West Ham that I know and that I played in, we were so uh, hard to beat. You know, we was we worked well defensively. Um, but it's just a shadow of that team, like basic defending errors. There don't seem to be much confidence in the camp. Um, so, yeah, if you're looking at it, Obviously, Paul Kuczewski's got worse stats than what um, Rianne Skinner has. And obviously, she was lost her job. So, you're looking at that. Should he really lose these? Should they make a change? I I'm not too sure what the answer is down there. But I do know change needs to happen. Something needs to happen. Because from West End standards and where, when I was there, what we built, that's not the same West Ham team that we was a part of, I was a part of. So, it's, it's, it's sad to see. And you've got really good players there. You've got really good girls there, good human beings, you know, and they deserve to, they deserve better. They, they deserve to play with confidence and to, to, to know that they're good players, you know, not, you don't become a bad player overnight. Um, so I hope that something changes down there and that they're able to, to push on and, and, and pick up results and points and, and go further up the table again and challenge. Was there much fanfare about his appointment? Like was, and has, has this been a bit of a letdown? No, I mean, obviously, I, I mean, Contra was my assistant last year, um, so I, I think he was a, I think he was a good number two. I think he was a good assistant manager. Um, he has been there before as a player. You know, he knows what players want. He knows what players feel. Um, so he understands that side of the game. I just don't know if he thought maybe that women's football was going to be. A, a bit not easier but obviously going in as a manager I know he, he managed non-league at men, in the men's side I don't know if he thought it would be a bit more less stressful than maybe <laughs> what it is um, and, and, and the thing is is with this with this league it's a very tough league mm. like it's, it's in my opinion it's the most competitive league in the world so it is a difficult job to have and one that if I didn't have grey hair I would definitely have grey hair if I'd done that <laughs> job like that's, it is a stressful job. And there's with the exposure on it from Sky and BBC and all media outlets looking at it now, people's jobs are on the line if there's no results. You could say the same about Kelly Chambers. Mm. Like, is, is her job on the line, really, looking at how ready now? And will they potentially wait to see what happens at the end of the season and then make change? I think it's difficult now to say, well, yeah, if, if Contresti goes now, who's going to come in for the last few games? Do you know what I mean? It might be a decision at the end of the season where... They say, no, we're going to stick with you and we're going to give you the chance to the summer to rebuild. Or they part ways and bring someone new in because next season you can't have the same season as what you've had this year. And 
Jilly, one final question for me, just in terms of uh, Liverpool and that massive win that they had at the weekend. And they've come, you know, kind of important in the title race in terms of the win they had against Chelsea at the start of the season as well. And the potential to, you know, upset a few placements at the top of the table in the coming weeks. Um, where do you see them pushing on for the for the end of the season? And will Matt Beard be kind of happy with the season or feel like there's still a lot left on the table for them? No, I think I think with Beardy Ami is he, he'll always strive to be better and he'll always want Liverpool to be more. I do think if you if they're honest, their their main target this year was to stay in the league, was to secure your safety. Obviously the you don't want to come up and be the team that goes back down again. If you're looking at their results, there's games that they've lost that they should have won, or that you're looking at not should have won in the sense of they played better on the day, but in regards to how they are, what players they've got. Like, you're looking at Leicester, for example, they've lost twice to Leicester this year. Um, once, well, the 4 nil that I think they deserve to lose that game. But in regards to you're looking at the teams and around you, the teams that you, you're you aiming for to get three points off of or you're targeting, Leicester would have been one of those teams where they said, we want to get six points against Leicester. Um, it sort of sounds like the best of the rest, you know? Like, obviously, you've got the top four, then the best of the rest underneath. Um, I think like you're looking at the Villa home game. I mean, I played in that. We should never have lost that game. So again, you look at those areas that they would have felt that they'd dropped points where they could have been a lot higher. Um, but I think if you're looking at it, it'd be honest and say this, the main thing this year was just safety in the league um, and, and securing your spot for next year and then able to push on. But I think Liverpool have been fantastic. I think they had a really good game against Chelsea midweek. I thought they should have got a draw. Um, and then obviously then the Sunday's game it could have been more goals as well watching it um, Liverpool had more chances as well to, to put more goals on the board but yeah they were brilliant and that's a huge win for the club you know you're talking about the rivalry in that to take three points off of City on your home ground like there's there's not much better I think aside from getting it against Everton and probably United <laughs> but again you got United at the end of the season like that's not going to be an easy game for United and I think it's going to be a different game to what the away game was when it was 6-0 so yeah I'm chuffed for Liverpool I'm chuffed for the girls in Beardy Jilly great stuff as always thanks a million for hopping on this morning no worries see you later OTB AM with Gillette Labs get the ultimate shave or your money back Neon Night Edition available now